Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast Podcast with your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and we have to talk about a spectacular victory on Thursday Night Football for the one, the only Bruce Arians. Because one, they were a touchdown dog going into this game. Going on the road on Thursday night football is always tough. And and I mean, legitimately, I did not see one analyst anywhere that picked Tampa Bay to win that game. So we have to give a, a one quick shout out to our guy, Bruce. Congratulations on your first regular season victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and let's talk about it from a fantasy perspective, guys, because there was definitely, obviously, Christian McCaffrey got shut down. Uh, I Somebody tweeted at me freaking out about Christian McCaffrey, and I just responded with the most ridiculous gif because I thought to myself, please stop. Um, You're not going to – listen, they took away Christian McCaffrey because that was the only thing they needed to take away defensively. They decided that, that's what they did, and they did a hell of a job. Uh, Jake, aside from shutting down Christian McCaffrey, what did you see in this football game? I mean, from a fantasy point of view, Jameis was uh, a lot better. I think you're going to see a very – very strong effort to run the ball every week. So Peyton Barber is going to be a decent play. Ronald Jones is going to be hit or miss. He still has the most upside because he can take one of the house at any time. But Barber is going to be solid for you. I mean, last night, he looked good. He looked really good. Um, offensive line was better. Chris Godwin's going to be a beast in this offense. I mean, when they went two tight ends, one receiver, he was the guy out there, not Mike Evans. He blocks his tail off, super physical, great run after the catch. Mike Evans looked good. He's healthier after that that week one where he was just puking in the first quarter. He was sick all week. Um, I expect this offense to continually take strides to get better. But, man, this defense, from a fantasy point of view, is worth looking at week to week. Todd Bowles is damn good at his job. Devin White's injury doesn't look to be that bad. Uh, He might miss one game. But Kevin Minner stepped in. You got some veteran guys there. Damn, Buchanan didn't have to play much. Jack Sitchie didn't have to play much. But Kevin Minner played 73 snaps and played his tail off. Just a huge win for the Bucks organization. Jameis had lost 12 road games in a row. To go on the road on Thursday night in a short week after blowing one at home that you should have won, hell of a bounce back week. Super happy for my dad, the Bucks, Jason Light. Um, just uh, a lot of – I don't know if it was fun to watch because I was pretty obnoxious. But uh, it was damn fun to watch the end of it anyway. Vernon Hargrave, shout out to him. Hell of a freaking man-to-man tackle on the end to save the game against McCaffrey. Yeah, there was a. Uh, it was. The, I wouldn't exactly say fun, but uh, the up and down, and uh, especially the last five minutes, just uh, fi- feeling every heartbeat with Bruce as he was on the sidelines, and they just kept going to him, and I'm feeling every emotion as I'm watching that football game. Jamie, I want to give us a quick, a quick bit of credit, right? Because I saw Brad Evans tweet this out last night about how nobody in the fantasy community thought anything of this Tampa Bay Bucks defense, and I would say, hold the phone, Brad. Because if you listen to this podcast, 
you would know that we didn't say go out and grab this team like they're going to be a top 10 defense. But we did say across the board that this is a team you could look up to stream because Todd Bowles is a hell of a coach and we were right. And I think a lot of times this comes comes back to when I fall in this trap too and looking at fantasy defenses, you're so worried about how many points they're going to give up. You don't think about sacks and turnovers as yes. much. And, and it doesn't matter if you give up 30 points, if you get five or six sacks and a turnover, yes. it's a pretty good defensive day for you for fantasy purposes. So I want to talk about a couple other things on the Tampa side too. Don't freak out about Mike Evans. He was sick week one. And sometimes somebody has your number. James Bradbury's had Mike Evans's number for like three years now. Evans did get that deep pass down the sideline for 41 yards, but that's been a tough matchup for Mike Evans for his entire career, yeah. as long as they've been matched up against each other in the division. So I'm not worried about that. That's a buy low candidate for me. Chris Godwin's going to be a factor in every single game regardless. We've been telling you that all offseason, all this season. We've been, you know, I'm the president of the Chris Godwin fan club. Yes, and you are. The vice president's been Jake and Paige. So, I mean, we've been talking <laughs> about this all offseason. As Jake said, the running back situation there, you're not going to feel great about starting either guy. They're going to, there's going to be production there about at the end of the game, but you're not always going to feel great about starting them and anything more than a flex spot. Uh, for Carolina, there's nothing to worry about with McCaffrey. Stop. Good to see Curtis Samuel use a lot more in that offense. People yeah. are already – this is, again, we're talking about that week two bounce back. I think we'll talk about that a little bit with Green Bay when we get into that game. Don't write off receivers that didn't have one good game. Don't write – so those who wrote off Curtis Samuel, i got to see him use more. DJ Moore was used. Greg Olson playing hurt, still a monster. Cam's not healthy. Uh, it's very obvious from the play calling. It's very obvious from all of that. I want to see what Tampa Bay does against a healthy quarterback. Yeah. And that blitz and a quarterback that maybe has the weapons to check down and the prowess to check down a little bit more than the quarterbacks that we have seen so far, but they're going to be a factor going forward. So good for Tampa for Carolina, nothing really actionable. I thought McCaffrey would have a much better game. Still, I, it, Cam's hurt. There's no way you don't go on any of those fourth and ones and fourth and inches. Go yeah. QB sneak there. Uh, I love that gimmick play for a two point play, but not with your game on the line on fourth down. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to mention quickly is I, I got a couple of tweets about Perryman. Listen, he he should have had a touchdown. Woof, that's a bad drop. Okay, that's a terrible drop in the end zone um, because I know we talked about him having the potential kind of be a boomer bust guy where he is going to get those opportunities to score a touchdown, and you saw it. He was schemed up for a perfect touchdown in the end. He was open. The ball was could not be placed yeah, better. I and mean, that's that's a frustrating. It's frustrating if you started him in a flex spot. Um, but you I think, shouldn't be, by the way, unless you're in a yeah thirty-two team league. That was Perryman should be a guy you keep an eye on, but not somebody that you're playing right now. One hundred percent, and especially when you see something like that happen, you should be more hesitant about thinking about playing him in in in, in future games. Uh, any other thoughts here, guys, on this game before we move on from injury? Injury. Yeah, the one other one other fantasy note I want to touch on is OJ Howard. Zero Zero catches, zero targets. Something was going on with him. He played awful in week one. He was bad and not very physical again last night. Uh, Cameron Brayton looks like the better tight end, and you know him and Jameis already have great chemistry. I don't know what's going on with O.J. Howard. Supremely talented guy, but has not come around yet. If you took him in the fourth round, I'd be concerned. I thought that was a little high for him anyway. Uh, he's got to bounce back. I mean, that's kind of a buy-low situation, too. Jamie was talking about with Mike Evans, but uh, there's, there's reason to be concerned there because he has looked terrible for two weeks. Two bad mental penalties, too. Yes. yes. Oh, God, don't even get me started on how many we had of those. Uh, just, I don't know. He he looks weird. I mean, his his best play was as a fullback in that game, blocking for a Peyton Barber run. Yeah, but all he did was fall to his knees in the right direction. Hey, that it's was not, like, it's not like he blew Keekly up and had, like, some spectacular play. 
Yeah, no. You can't do anything with O.J. Howard. You can't trade him for 50 cents on the dollar. Uh, I, if you if you can go out and get him, maybe you didn't take one of those tight ends. Maybe you're a Hunter Henry owner and are now scrambling. Uh, then, okay, go go buy him. But I can't sell O.J. Howard. Like I No, but I, do, I think you could buy low. I mean, hell, Jameis Winston got dropped in our league after week one. Yeah, no, you can you can buy low. Do not do not sell low. If you're the seller, yeah. do not do not sell low because you're not going to get anything on, uh, of value at this point. And and listen, it is a concern because a lot of people took him really high, and it's two back to back weeks. And I'll tell you this: those those pre snap bad penalties that he's taken, that's a quick way for him to get himself off of getting off involved the off the field and off of this offense. Cause that, that is extremely aggravating when you're the play caller offensively to watch stuff like that happen. And he's not a rookie. He should know better. Uh, extremely frustrating. I was like, Jake, if I had a camera on me last night, I, there would have been a lot of entertainment value uh, in those. Yeah. I couldn't even comment on your tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way. There's no way there needs to be a camera on me during a game. Oh, it would be I, entertaining for everyone else, not me if I ever had to watch it. No, it'd be very entertaining because I obnoxious would be being nice to me. Yeah, I, I've seen it in real life, and it is uh, it's something. It's something. <laughs> uh, let's talk about these injury updates here. So first and foremost, we're going to mention it, and then we're going to move right along. Uh, Antonio Brown is not going on the commissioner's exempt list as of right now. He will be playing in the game this weekend. That's good news if you're a Antonio Brown owner. It's good news if you're a Tom Brady owner. It's good news if you're a Patriots fan. I don't want to discuss the off the field stuff because guess what? I'm not up to speed on everything that's happening and I'm not making the decisions. I will save my personal opinions for the fact that he gets to play for another time, but it's for fantasy purposes. He's a low end wide receiver too. He's a flex play. He still has to learn the offense, but I believe he's playing in a college football team right now. Yeah. uh, And in a game I expect to be a block. So he's going to get his, but it's not going to be a huge game for him. I think if you're looking for that just over double digit amount of points, you're going to get him. You probably don't have a better option in a flex spot right now, but just be aware of that and we'll save all the other stuff for another time. Yeah, no no reason to get into anything that is related to Antonio Brown at this point. Uh, Joe Mixon, ankle injury, is resuming practice today. He's going to play. I he's, think he's going to play. Jake, you got to talk about this because you're you're always on, on the guys about being tough, and this guy continues to be just like – he plays through nearly everything. Yeah, there's Leonard Fournette. And there's guys like Joe Mixon, who is going to play running back on an ankle sprain, not with, I practiced all week with a hamstring, and I'm not going to play on Sunday. Like, this dude is nails tough. And you got to love guys like that. He's going to go out there and give you the same. If he plays, he's going to give you the same workload, which is amazing. Yeah, he's a tough dude. He's going to, he's going to play. Uh, if I was betting today, if he's practicing on a Friday, he's going to be playing on Sunday. Uh, and he might have a – a smaller workload, but the dude has played through injuries. We saw him play through injuries last year as well, uh, and there will be touches for him. That's a win- and we'll talk about it later. But that's a winnable game for Cincinnati. Yep, absolutely, yeah. definitely a winnable game. Uh, the Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard ruled out for Sunday's game uh, against Buffalo due to a concussion. So obviously, do not start Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram gets. Every target. Yes. Amen. Five targets for Evan Ingram. I was going to say, biggest benefactor here is Evan Ingram. Evan, and Cody Latimer if he plays. Now, Cody Latimer popped up on the injury report yesterday, which is a little concerning. Um, I think Cody Latimer is a sneaky, sneaky, probably DFS play. I can't imagine you're going to put him in a flex spot this week. I have him ranked as my wide receiver like 48. Uh, but he's a sneaky play there because he had a pretty good week. He's going to get that spot. You know, Russell Shepard's also there. Um, I'm trying to think of the other pieces that they have there. It's it's not great. Betty Fowler, 
Yeah. Evan Ingram is the biggest beneficiary. And then Saquon's just going to have to catch all of the passes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. The other piece of big news here is a a potential trade that could actually end up being big if you own a fantasy defense. Uh, The Dolphins have granted permission to former first-round safety Minkum Fitzpatrick, who is seeking a trade. If you're not counting at home, What's happening right now is anybody who is good in Miami wants to get out of Miami. It is absolutely disastrous there. The culture is is in a bad place, and it seems like something that we've seen in the NBA doesn't happen in the NFL. The tanking, because guys are they're playing for their jobs every single week, and it doesn't go over well when this discussion is happening in week one. There's also... There's different physical demands. Not all sports are created equal. Yes. The reality, yes, there, there is a physical toll you put your body through, whether you play baseball or basketball or whatever it is. But when you play a primary contact sport like football, it's a little bit different because you know you you can't you're, you're getting hit in the head. Yeah. For 16 games, whether or not your team is trying or not, it's a little bit of a different scenario. So I do have more sympathy for NFL players who are like, look, I, get me out of here. If you're not yeah. trying to win, why am I risking my body for you? No, I, I'm in total agreement. Uh, I would want to get shipped out as fast as possible. Any scenarios you guys see playing out here? Dream scenarios? Uh, obviously, dream scenario for, for Jake is that he ends up in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take this one. There ought to be 40 damn teams that want him. 32 in the NFL, including the freaking Dolphins, and 8 in Canada. You're talking about a special player. There's not one red flag. He checks every box, size, speed, brains, leadership, everything. Can play four positions on the defense. Give up a two right now. And Miami even said they might even take a three was one of the reports I saw this morning. If you get Minka Fitzpatrick for a three, oh, dear God, whoever gets him is getting a Derwin James type player. He's just not quite as big, but he's probably as multiple, if not more multiple. Like, what the hell is Miami doing? You get rid of a franchise left tackle and a franchise defensive cornerstone that plays all over the field. I'm so glad. Who's in the second year of a fifth year contract, rookie contract? Like this is a home run. That's the thing. That's what they don't get. Is that's a piece you still build around. That's a piece. Yeah. You still get. You Both of them on rookie contracts. Yeah. Get your quarterback one one sure. Oh, by the way, the name you brought up, Derwin James. I love that example because you know who should trade from the Los Angeles Chargers who are trying to win a Super Bowl with no healthy players. Yeah, if you can get him for a two. Hey, we said two. Melvin Gordon to freaking uh, Miami could be a possibility. Done. Done. Sign me up. Like, both sides. Like I, I mean, I give you Melvin Gordon a three for for Minka Fitzpatrick. You bet. Imagine Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick on the same defense. Oh my. Yes. Yeah. I mean, with that, those that, two guys rushing the passer. The reality is Minka Fitzpatrick fits on every NFL team. Every – and eight in Canada. Every single freaking team that plays American football, he needs to be wanted by. Yeah. Uh, listen, there's going to be if – you're, if you're a fan of an NFL team and your GM isn't on the phone, you should be bothering your GM to get on the it's phone. It's like write your congressman. Because there is – yeah, there is, there is a 0% chance that, that – Every team doesn't need Minka Fitzpatrick. He's, Patriots can use some safety depth. Yeah, uh, listen, everybody, everybody can sure use some Dear God, no. No, <laughs> no, just no. Anybody but Call up his old friend Brian Flores, hey. Oh, Lord. Now, now you spoke it into fruition, Jamie. Look at what you did. Look at what you did. All right, we're going to get into we're going to get into these matchups because Mika Fitzpatrick could literally end up on any other NFL team because they all want him, and rightfully so. Uh, okay, first game we're going to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 
listen, Pittsburgh had a tough game last week. That was what I would say will be the worst performance you're going to see from that team. They're back home. I expect a bounce back. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Yeah, I think the Steelers bounce back. I got them winning 24-20, so I got them covering that three and a half. Uh, you're not going to see them play that bad back-to-back. Good teams don't lose back-to-back weeks. Uh, I, I think the Seahawks ought to count their lucky stars that they won against an average to below average at best Bengals team at home where it's really tough to play. All the way across the country, uh, Chris Carson averaged three yards a carry. Rashard Penny averaged, averaged three car- yards a carry. Nothing was beautiful. DK Metcalf a little bit. Tyler Lockett had a decent day, but they didn't do a whole lot. And that defense is nothing, nothing like it used to be. They gave up 418 yards to Andy Dalton last week. Ben's going to get it back on track. Juju has a big week. He's going to play. Chris. Uh, I mean, it looks like all the Steelers are going to be healthy enough. Uh, I, I think they bounce back and win at home. Yeah, it looks like maybe Joe Hayden might be the only guy that doesn't play for Pittsburgh. But I think, this, yeah, this is a big game for Pittsburgh. I'd have them winning this game by at least a touchdown. I think this is the big bounce-back game that everybody looks for. Ben Rossberger is my QB 10 this week. Got James Conner at my running back eight. Juju wide receiver six overall. I think he has a big game. I think we get a little bit of a bounce back from Vance McDonald. I, I am completely writing off that that game against the Patriots. Like that was the worst performance they're going to have this season. And I think everybody that's off the Steelers train, this is the good time to jump right back on. Uh, and for Seattle, again, I, li- I like Wilson as a low-end QB1 option. He's QB11 for me. Chris Carson's going to get his because they're going to throw him the ball because they've decided they're just not going to use Rashad Penny in the passing game, and I don't necessarily say that I blame them in that. Uh, Tyler Lockett's the only receiver I'm probably starting for Seattle, and even that's a flex spot. He got two targets last week. And yeah. One of them was that big touchdown grab, and that's what he's going to be. But, uh, you know, he's he's a boomer bust flex option at least this week against Pittsburgh. So there's going to be – I think this guy's going to be actually a decent scoring game, but – I think the Steelers, the Steelers have a chance to blow them out. Like, I hate West Coast teams going to the East Coast, 10 a.m. start time. I've talked about it. Seattle's defense can't stop anybody. And I think we're going to see what that really looks like against a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I think James Washington has a bigger week, and Dante Moncrief cannot play as bad as he did on Monday night. I think he, he bounces back. I don't like him in a fantasy position this week, but I think James Washington is definitely a smart play. Yeah, you have, you have to imagine. I, I got a terrible trade offer for Ben Roethlisberger that I declined so fast. Uh, I will screenshot it and put it up on Twitter because it was absolutely horrendous. Uh, listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not ever going to play as bad. Like, I'd feel fully confident saying that, that that was the worst performance we will see all all year long from that team. Uh, and they're back home. I like them. I like them, like Jamie said, like touchdown favorite in this game. Uh, I think they played really, really well, and I think they do have an opportunity to blow this team out. All right, Minnesota Vikings going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are three-point favorites at home. Jamie, I'll go to you first here. What are your thoughts on Green Bay, Minnesota? Uh, this is going to be a really exciting game. This I is going to be. I'm really excited to watch this game. Uh, I expect one. I have the Vikings winning outright, so I'm going to take them as underdogs plus three here. Uh, I need to see a lot of things from Green Bay from a fantasy perspective. I want to see how Aaron Jones is used. Does he have a similar snap percentage along with Jamal Williams as he did in Week One? Can he have success against above average to strong defenses? This is an elite defense in Minnesota. Uh, I want to see – I haven't given up on Geronimo Allison yet like everybody else has. We've seen one game, and I have Mar- uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison ranked right around that same spot again because I'm just not ready to say that everything we thought about this offseason is going to change because of one Thursday night game against the best defense in football. So I want to see wh- how they all work. Uh, Devontae Adams has a tough matchup this week against Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. That just That's a premier must-watch matchup. And from Minnesota's side – Do they throw the ball more than like two times this game? I'll be very interested to see how they work there. And if they don't, it's probably because Dalvin Cook is having another monster game 
Uh, Thielen and Diggs are both in wide receiver two territory for me this week until we see more. But I'm really excited to see what this game looks like. Yeah, I got the Vikings winning outright as well. I've got them. Uh, I've got to win them by a field goal, 27-24. Uh, the Packers' offense has a lot to figure out, and I don't think the Packers' defense is as good as they showed last Thursday night. I think some of that was the Bears' play calling. Um, the, the, if the Vikings are 50-50 split on offense, they're going to be just fine. They want to run it that much, but if they're running it good, then that play-action game opens up a ton, and you still have all those weapons to be able to use. And if the Bears are the best defense in football, the Vikings might be the second best. I don't expect a whole lot more from that offense in Green Bay. Than I, I mean, you're going to get more than 13 points, but I, I don't expect a ton more. Aaron Rodgers will look sharper. He's not going to be as bad as he was in some of those easy throws that he missed. Um, the one interesting one would be Jimmy Graham, see what he does, but Devontae Adams and Xavier Howard, or Xavier Rhodes, and you got Nuke Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey. And you got two of the best wide receiver cornerback matchups in the league this week to watch. Uh, that'll be a fun one. But Xavier Rhodes last week shut down Julio Jones until late when it was when it didn't matter at all. I'm with you guys. I think the Vikings go into Green Bay, and I think they get a victory here. I think it's a I think it's a lower scoring game potentially. I think it's like a 2017 game final score here because I think the both teams listen every time these two teams match up it's always it's always fun to watch uh, I just got to see more from Green Bay's offense before I think they're going to be able to go in and, and beat a team that's it, I mean if if Chicago could have done anything offensively last week they would have they could have blown that team out yeah I mean, they, I mean any I mean legitimately anything yeah I mean if they had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes page they would have won that oh, game boy. <laughs> <laughs> look if this is week seven or eight of this offense I'd probably feel a little bit different about it I'd probably still pick the Vikings if they're healthy because I, you guys know how high I am then. But it's I, not. It's week, it's week two, and they did not show me anything last week that, that leads to say they're going to have this monster turnaround. No, I got to see something from this offense, uh, this new run offense, new coaching staff, everything, before I, I think they're going to go out and put a performance on the Minnesota Vikings defense. I think this is more from Matt LaFleur. Agreed. Like, I'm not sure. Like We talked about this in the offseason. Like, I, I don't think he did a great job calling plays in Tennessee until like the last two games of the season. I thought he didn't call a good game in week one. I, I need to see more from him and his offense. If this is his fingerprints, I need to see something because it was extremely uncreative to open the season. You were supposed to see all these guys in motion and all these wide open guys and the ball coming air, out of Aaron Rodgers' hand fast. I didn't see that at all. No. Not at all. There was nobody open in that game. <laughs> and if you think you're going to run it on Minnesota's defense, think again. So if you're an Aaron Jones owner this week, I'm not loving you there. No, no. low-end low RB2. 100%. All right, New England Patriots going on the road to play the Miami Dolphins. This is – I can't remember a spread this, is this embarrassing. big. Uh, the New England Patriots are a 19-and-a-half point favorite. It is an actual NFL team that is almost 20-point favorites on the road. I, I don't – as long as we've been doing this, I don't ever remember uh, as disrespectful of a line. Totally, totally justified. Um, but I don't ever remember seeing this because Miami is in a very weird position right now. Jake, do you think the New England Patriots go into Miami and cover 19 and a half? Uh, yeah, I got it 34-10, and I thought I was being nice. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, I think Tom Brady has a huge week because A.B. is going to play, and they're, they're going to want to throw it to him and try to incorporate it in this offense. It went a better time to do it than now. Um, you know, he might have their best corner follow him, but I doubt it because then Josh Gordon's going to And they're still trying to figure out what they want to do on offense. And it, if you watch the tape from last week, Miami had zero pass rush, zero pass rush against Baltimore. So that may feel fine about that. I also think Sony Michelle has a big day because uh, once they get up and they figure this thing out, you know, Tom Brady ain't coming off the field and Bill Belichick ain't taking his foot off the gas. So if there's ever a time to pick a team to cover 19 and a half, this is it. 
Yeah, I, I hate to do it, and I wouldn't put my own money on it, but I will take the Patriots to cover 19 and a half. No, it's still the Patriots in Miami, right, Jamie? Well, it's still, it's still it's still NFL team on the road and almost three scores or three touchdowns there. But, like, I also can't see us. I mean, there's I don't even know if they backdoor cover in this. Like, who are they going to throw the ball? I, I don't even know. Let me talk about Miami because there's one exactly one Miami player that has any fantasy relevance, and it's barely. Because if, if you see the page, you can look at my list of, like, bullet points. It's like eight Patriots and then one Dolphin. It's hilarious. Yes, uh, Kenya Drake's RB42, don't play him. Okay, now on to the teams that matter. <laughs> Uh, Tom Brady, QB3 this week. Start him pretty much everywhere unless you have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Sonny Michelle's my RB15. Uh, James White's my RB23. Rex Burkhead, RB40. I think he can have some sneaky value. I think he's going to get 12-plus touches in this game. Uh, Edelman, Gordon, Brown, they're all startable. Edelman's receiver 11, Gordon 13, Brown 23 for me. Start all your Patriots. But uh, – go ahead. No, I – We enough said. Awkward, silent moment because there's nothing else to say about this game. Yeah, I, 19 and a half, I know it's a lot, guys. But uh, this Miami team is is in such a disaster mode right now that I, I don't feel comfortable. I know, Jake, you said 34-10 and you said you feel nice, at, like you're being nice about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at this point, would you be surprised if they go out to Miami and put up 50 points? Not at all. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So I think they cover the spread and it's – it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly each and every week for Miami. Uh, it's going to be one of the probably one of the worst seasons we've ever watched for an NFL team at this point, and I can't see it getting any better anytime soon. All right, Dallas Cowboys going on the road to play the Washington Redskins. Cowboys are six-point favorites going on the road to Washington. Washington played a pretty good first half, obviously, against Philadelphia. Then Philadelphia actually woke up and started playing football. Uh, Jake. Cowboys obviously coming off a very good performance for them to start the season. What do you see happening in this one? Uh, very, very similar, and very similar last week to the Philly game. Other than I don't see Washington getting up seventeen nothing. I got, I got Dallas winning thirty-one uh, twenty, and I think they blow them out early. I think maybe Washington scores late. Um, I, I like all the Cowboys that had good games last week. Uh, I think Zeke probably has a little bit of a bigger day. Uh, gets a little bit more acclimated to what's going on. Dak looks great. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. Uh, I think Chris Thompson has a big day for Washington because they're going to have to be slinging it late. And he had like 12 targets and 10 catches or something last week. Uh, so I really like him in a flex play this week. But that's about it for the Skins. I mean, I, I think Dallas wins handily, even though they're on the road as well. Yeah, this is one of my locks of the week. I have Cowboys minus four. Uh, I'm, I, I was optimistic about some of the things I saw from Washington, but Dallas is a far better team. Uh, for the first time, it looks like Kellen Moore is – this is an exciting offense in Dallas. It's not this boring, vanilla, do the same three things over and over again. Uh, they're they're an actually exciting offense now. Dak Prescott's my QB7. Zeke's my RB2 this week. I think he has a monster game. Cooper's in my top 10 receivers. I think Michael Gallup's a strong flex play. In a really deep league, if you might want to throw even Randall Cobb in there, I think he can, might flirt with double-digit points. Uh, I'm really excited about all things Cowboys in this matchup. On the other side for the Redskins, I agree. Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson are both flex plays, but I'd rather have Chris Thompson because they're going to be down in this game. Uh, I, I'm not playing McLaren. I, I know everybody who's the hot yeah. pickup. I watched people spend half their fab budget on him. I'm not playing him this week. He's wide receiver 48. I think we saw the best game of the season for him. If you're really desperate at tight end and Jordan Reed doesn't play, I think Vernon Davis could be a sneaky fun play. He's my tight end 14. They're going to Case Keenum's going to use that tight end in that offense pretty much throughout the game. So if you're in a desperate spot there, you're a Hunter Henry owner uh, and you haven't been able to pick up anybody, that could be a decent play this week. Yeah, I see the Dallas Cowboys taking care of business. I, I can't imagine. I know this Washington team played a pretty good Did you say minus four? 
Yeah, J- yeah minus he, six. Minus for, six. Minus six for the Cowboys. But oh, God. In at minus four. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Jamie? Minus six. Did I say okay. minus four? You I'm said sorry. Minus yeah. four. I was like, oh, Jamie, did you get it early? And no, no, came no, in no, the no, line no. Minus six. All right. I was like, yeah, you, you, caught, it, you caught it correct, Jake. Uh, but minus six going into this game. I also have the Cowboys covering that spread. Uh, next game we're getting into, San Francisco 49ers going on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Uh, I keep going back and forth. What did you say the line was? One and a half, Cincinnati. Mm. I like what I wrote down, but I'm not sure that I love what I wrote down. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 49ers, 23 20. Okay. That, that defensive line pass rush is ridiculous. Uh, I love Kyle Shanahan skiing it up on offense. I think their offense uh, is probably as good, if not better, than Seattle's. I, I would put him in a comparison there. Maybe not, but I like Kyle better than anybody else scheming it up in Seattle. Brian Schottenheimer, I love, but not the same creative, creativity. Uh, but I love the pass rush from San Francisco. I mean, those those four or five dudes getting after the quarterback. Winnable game for Cincinnati, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to stick with it, take the Niners by three. I'm going to go the other way. I think the Bengals win this game, and they win by more than one and a half. Uh, I, I think the Bengals are just a better team than most of the public has given them credit for. Niners have to, again, go across the country again on an early start time for them. I'm not buying it. Well, they, they stayed in Youngstown, so they're there for the week, yeah. and I definitely wanted to keep keep that in mind as well. Sure, I, I, I mean, that changes a little bit, but I don't know. I, I don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo at all. Like, I, There's nothing he has shown me that I, makes me say that I can have a definitive answer one way or the other. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball terribly effectively, and they're going to put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, and they're going to be yards there because Kyle Shannon gets guys open no matter. I mean, no matter what. But I just think, quite frankly, on offense, there's more talent on Cincinnati, especially yeah. if Joe Mixon plays, which I'm expecting him to. Um, I think the defense is. I mean, the front seven for the, the 49ers looks really good, but I think there's some comparability there on Cincinnati side. I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Yeah, I think if San Francisco was at home, I'd pick them, but I like I like Cincinnati on the road here. I like them 23-20. I, I think the the overreaction to this team in the in the beginning of the season, people have come back to reality a little bit after seeing them, they, what should have been a victory for them in Seattle on the road. Uh, and and I'm, I'm just not ready to buy into San Francisco yet. I'm, I'm like you, Jamie. I'm like, show me something, Jimmy G. I got to see more before I really buy into this football team. All right. I will say either way, I think Kittle has a really big game. Yes. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I think he's what tight end what for you this uh, week? He's tight end three for me. Yeah. And for the questions about John Ross, he's my wide receiver 38. So, I mean, there are certain scenarios where you're playing him in your flex, but I, I'm not going to go crazy. I have a I have a, a three flex spot league that I play. That's my high school league, and he's my third flex three guy. Three flex spot. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. We, put, we have a lot of weird – we've been playing since I was 16. So we've been playing for over ten years, and it's been uh, it get the weird. The rules get weirder every year because okay. you try and you try and make it a little bit harder, a little bit different, uh, and that's created some funky rules. The LA Chargers going on the road to play the Detroit Lions. The Chargers going on the road are a one and a half point favorite here. One and a half now. Yes, that was three last night. One and a half. So they think Mike Williams isn't playing. Okay, yes. that's what that's what that tells me. Vegas says Mike Williams is not playing. So which it, which listed as probable as of right now when I looked on Sleeper on the fantasy app, but he listen we're if that's the line yeah, and that's how much it moves. That's the only way it moves. That Vegas much. thinks that Mike Williams is not playing in this okay. game. So. Jake, what do you think is going to happen in this one? Lock of the week, Bolts 28-21. They easily cover that. They are a far superior team, even with all the freaking injuries and all the crap they're dealing with, to go on the road 
to a team that blew an 18 and a half point or 18 point lead in the middle of the fourth quarter against a char- against a, a freaking Cardinals team that's awful. I, I saw nothing from Detroit that says they're going to do anything, anything to to hang in there. And I'm, I'm I think it's bigger than that. But I'm going to go 28 21. They cover one and a half easy lock of the week. I like it. Yeah, I like the Chargers in this game too. Uh, look, I, I think the Lions are one of the five worst teams in football, and, yes. and I think they're they're not being considered that way uh, in a lot of these. I I know he doesn't have Rivers doesn't have Hunter Henry. I know he probably doesn't have Mike Williams, uh, and I I think he can get by with Keenan Allen and Travis Benjamin and company for the short term. Oh, by the way, Austin Eckler can play receiver a lot, and they can hand the ball to Justin Jackson with like seven yards of carry. Uh, there's too many weapons on the on the Chargers, despite how, how injured they are. Uh, I'm playing all my Chargers this week. Uh, Rivers, eh. QB 13 for me. like Yeah, on the cuff. He, he's on that, that spot there. Eckler's RB 13, I think. Uh, Justin Jackson's a flex play. Keenan Allen, wide receiver seven for me. Uh, on the other side, Kerryon Johnson, low end running back two. I just don't think he's going to get as much work as people want him to get. And this goes back to my rant that on our last show where I brought up Sproles and all these guys. CJ Anderson's going to get his. J.D. McKissick's going to get his. Uh, Galladay, wide receiver 28 for me. Marvin Jones, wide receiver 40. Dan- Danny Amendola, wide receiver 47. I'm waiting to see in Hawkinson. He's my tight end 13. Uh, it's a little bit easier matchup there, especially with Derwin James not in the lineup. But I, I don't think he's going to have as big a day here as he did against the Cardinals defense. No, I I, I got a lot of people hitting us up. Uh, J.C. Cornell being one of those people who said, I told you guys about Hawkinson. And I said, one game. Oh, hold your horses. He played the Cardinals, dude. Playing the Cardinals defense. And I just – there should be a clause playing the Cardinals' defense, especially Look, that position. If Look, get- the Lions shouldn't be one of the worst five teams in football. You just named a bunch of offensive pieces that I like. The problem is their offensive line's not very good. Chandler Jones tore them up. Suggs, T. says it looked good last week. And now they're playing a team with a much better pass rushers than that. Yeah. Yeah. Stafford's going to be running for his life. Luckily, he's really good on the move, but not that good. I just don't like Patricia. I haven't liked him. I didn't like it when they hired him, and he proved me correct last year. I, I like Stafford. I feel like I've always been a Stafford's better than he's been given credit for person, but I also think that he has, hasn't proven that he can do enough to overcome bad play calling and, and, and having some below average teams, and that's and, what he's had. And I think Daryl Bevel's offense is a little antiquated. Agreed. I mean, it has, had, he's had success in the league, but I think it's a little antiquated at this point. Yeah. As, as we've seen. Uh, I'm no quarterback's good enough to overcome a terrible offensive line, period. Also also that Stafford has been uh, up in the top three for quarterbacks sacked and pressured in the last two seasons. Uh, I'm with you guys. I think the lock this in, L.A. Chargers go on the road and, and beat the Detroit Lions. Uh, Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. Probably the biggest surprise of last weekend was the Tennessee Titans not only beating the Browns, but destroying. By 30. Yeah, they worked the Browns and and on the road to start the season. So the Tennessee Titans, three point favorites at home playing Indy coming off a Indy coming off a loss, but they played really damn well. They played really damn well. Jake, what do you think is going to happen in this one? I'm going to buy into the Titans. Um, That damn defense. When you talk about exotic and then you talk about the stuff they're doing, it's, it's, Vrabel has won me over. He's a damn good coach. That defense is going to come ready to play every week. Uh, Indy played exactly like I thought they would last week. There's not a huge drop off. They played good, but but Marlon Mack's not running for 175 yards against the Titans defense. Not going to happen. Now, I'm a little worried about Mariota, who's never had a hundred quarterback rating two weeks in a row, and that offense because Indy's front seven is really stingy. Uh, I think it's a really close game. I'm going to go with the Titans 24-21. I'm just going to take the home team. 
Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to stay on brand and pick against the Titans. I have Colts plus three. I thought they showed me exactly what I needed to see from Jacoby Brissett last week. Mark, Mac's not running for that many yards this week, obviously, but I don't think he'd be running for that many yards if they played the Cardinals this week. I just You, you don't see running backs put up that kind of performance back-to-back. Uh, but I think the Colts have enough offensive firepower to get things done. I think they get their tight ends involved a lot more this week, especially with Devin Funches out. I think Eric, Eric Ebron is lining up out wide a lot. Uh, I, I, mean, I think they get it. For the Titans, uh, again, they're in every game because they're well-coached and they have a great defense. And, yep. and it, honestly, if you want the formula to how do you win with bad quarterback play, that's how you do it. And, and it's how they've done it so far. As far as the Titans go, I have Derek Henry, my RB16. I'm just, I don't think they're going to be up big in this game at any point where they're just going to just ride Derrick Henry like uh, crazy like they do when he's up in games when he's such a monster. Uh, you know, Deion Lewis, outside of flex play this week, I think you should pick him up. I picked him up in one of my leagues. He's been dropped because uh, I do think the Titans are going to be losing in plenty of games. Corey Davis, I get if you don't want to start him this week, he's a borderline flex play for me. I know we just didn't have anything last week. Uh, probably a wait and see on your bench. And Delaney Walker picked up right where he left off a couple of years yeah. ago before the injury. So uh, he's a start. He's a tight end seven. He's probably an every week starter now. I'm going to split you guys, obviously, because I have to here. I'm going to take Tennessee to win at home, 20 to 17. I Listen, Mike Vrabel might be the first guy that we look at from the Belichick tree and go, it worked. He left. It worked. He, he goes in. He coaches well. We saw him go. We saw him last year beat up on the Patriots in, in a game where everybody was mind blown at what was happening from a, from a coaching standpoint. This might be the first time I look at it and I go, yeah, I really, really like this coaching staff overachieving with the players that they have, but that defense is good. Uh, and, and I think they're going to continue to play that way. I think it'll be a close game and actually a fun game to watch, but I do have Tennessee winning that football game. All right. Another big spread here, the Arizona Cardinals going on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are 13 point favorites at home obviously put a absolute show on Miami last week Arizona tied had a really really good fourth quarter but other than that they looked like one of the worst football teams for three quarters Jake what do you see happening in this one I got the Ravens 31-20. I don't like them covering that as I think Arizona is going to be slinging it and trying to come back on everybody they play and really it's because the Ravens have three defensive players Marlon Humphrey uh, is he's practicing, but he's got a back. Jimmy Smith, back, uh, knee, uh, has not practiced. Uh, they're going to put this game on Lamar Jackson. The one thing the Cardinals did a lot better than I thought they would last week was stop the run. on Johnson, C.J. Anderson did nothing. I think they're going to load the box to stop the run. They're going to make Lamar Jackson beat them in the passing game, which I think he's going to do, and they're still going to put up 31. But I think it's not going to be as easy as it was last week. Guys aren't going to be running scot-free uh, down the field. And I think they get up, and I think they're winning early. But, I mean, I think Kyler Murray has enough competitive fire that he's going to sling it until the, the clock goes four zeros. Uh, I just think they're going to be losing a lot of those games when he's doing it. I, and I think this can be ugly early again. They're going on the road to a really tough place to play against a really good defense, regardless of who's out there. I'm just a little bit concerned about the Ravens' secondary being, being banged up. Yeah, as, as am I. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals plus 13 here. The Ravens win this game, but – Kyler Murray is going to be the one. He's the, he's going to be the backdoor king this year. Yeah, he is going to backdoor cover <laughs> so many games because they're just going to keep throwing. They're going to be down seventeen points in and a lot of these games, and they're just going to be slinging like crazy late in the fourth quarter when the game's out of hand and only lose by ten. Like he's going to be the the backdoor cover king this year. I'm not playing Kyler Murray this week. He's my QB twenty four. Don't get cute there. Uh, David Johnson's just inside my top 10 running back just because he is their number two pass catch option there. It's not Christian Kirk. Yeah. It's Fitzgerald, then it's David Johnson. Uh, and he's going to catch a lot of passes, I think, in this game because they're going to be down. 
Uh, Fitzgerald is a low, low end flex play this week. I just think it's a tough matchup for him. Further Ravens go. I hate my rankings on the Ravens because it's going to look like I'm over buying what happened in week one. I'm not. I'm just hate the Cardinals defense. Yes. So Lamar Jackson is my QB two. Hollywood Brown's my wide receiver 26. Mark Andrews is my tight end five. They will not be in those spots three weeks from now, but they got to play at Miami home against Arizona and they get to play against uh, Kansas City yeah. next week. So, like, that's why these guys are going to be ranked that high. So, I'm not buying uh, – Mark Andrews has a monster week. If you watched that game last week, Hawkinson was running wide open all day long. Yeah, Andrews has a huge game. Uh, he missed practice today, but it was, they said it was just for rest. He's playing. He's fine. Um, well, if he doesn't, then Hayden Hurst has a monster day. I think they might they, – I think they both, might both have big days. Hurst is probably going to be on the field more, but they, they're just going to – they throw it to Andrews a lot more. So, uh, Mark Ingram running back 11. And if you drop Justice Hill after week one – why did you even bother drafting him in the first place? Did you expect him to be the starter week one over Mark Ingram? Come like, on now. stop. Yeah, that was one of the big overreactions that we saw. I think with, with Kyler, the excitement will be, as we've talked about, if you've listened to this podcast, we talked about Deshaun Watson in his first year having this reckless abandonment where they, they didn't have any expectations, right? They got to a certain point where they knew they weren't going to be winning, and he just threw the ball nonstop. That's exactly what you're going to see from Kyler Murray. I expect that they're going to be down in a lot of games. They're going to be fun to watch, and he's going to do a lot of that in the fourth quarter. All that being said, I'm not suggesting you start Kyler Murray in Baltimore. Um, I don't think they cover the spread either, guys. I think 13 points is a lot. Um, I think, Jake, you're probably right on the money, about 31-20, right? It could get ugly late, but the backdoor king, I love it. We've we've already – I should say backdoor cover king so we don't get the wrong impression. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Jamie. The backdoor cover king. The backdoor cover king. He did did it in week one. Yep, So let's see how many weeks in a row he does this. This could could be an ongoing theme on the podcast going forward. Uh, Buffalo Bills going on the road to play the New York Giants. The Bills are a two-point favorite going into New York uh, to play the Giants, or should I say New Jersey. Uh, Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Yeah, I originally had it Bills 23-21. I'm going to drop that to Bills 23-17. I think they cover. Uh, the Giants are beat up. I mean, that defense for the Bills is legit. To cover Evan Ingram and then load everything against Saquon Barkley, I don't think is that hard to do. I think the Giants are going to struggle to move the ball and score. And the Giants defense gave up 400 yards passing last week. I think they'll be better than that. Uh, Allen is not Dak, but they got enough weapons to move it around. Weather shouldn't be an issue. Um, I just think the Giants, the Giants are not very good, and now they're banged up and not very good. I think the Bills go right back to the same stadium they played in last week, play better, and get this done. I do too. I like the Bills in this game, minus two. Uh, you, you, you're playing Saquon Barkley, you're playing Evan Ingram. Uh, that's it. Uh, maybe Cody Latimer if you're desperate and he's out there. On the Bills side, Josh Allen's my QB 15 this week, so you might have to take a look at my rankings on the draftnetwork.com. He actually might be a better option than a couple guys that you have out there. Devin Singletary looked like the most explosive back there, but he's still nothing more than a flex play for me this week. Same thing with John Brown as a low-end flex play. But that's really about it. This is not a super high fantasy-relevant game unless no. you own Evan Ingram or Saquon Barkley. No. Yeah, I think Singletary gets more touches this week for sure. He looks very explosive. Yeah, he did look good. Buffalo I have covering here as well. Not a lot a, a lot to like from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, we mentioned earlier, obviously, Sterling Shepard not in this game, so make sure that he is not in your starting lineup come Sunday. Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road in the division to play the Houston Texans. The Texans are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, obviously, they will. the Jacksonville Jaguars will be without Nick Foles. Uh, Garner Minshew, who... Every time he talks, 
I like him more. Every every quote I've seen, all the photos of him back in Washington and Pullman wearing the jean shorts that people are losing their minds over and the aviator. Sh- I mean, he's like becoming a character, right? It almost reminds me a little bit of Fitzmagic last year. Very similar theme to that this year. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? I like the men's stash. I said last week the men's stash, 88% broke the NFL completion percentage record for a minimum 15 attempts for a first start. He looked good. But now he's got a team game planning against him. Uh, I don't think he's going to look that good. I think Houston surprised me. They played defense better than I thought they would last week. Uh, they got weapons. And I know that defense in Jacksonville is pretty good. I'm going Texans 27-20. I feel pretty good about it. Sean Watson's a freak. I just hope he doesn't take as many hits as he took last week because it could be a short season, a short career for him. Well, he's going to because he's been doing it ever since he stepped foot in the league. They, they haven't been able to protect him. Uh, I'm going to take the Jaguars plus eight and a half in this game. I think this is going to be a one-score game. Uh, I actually think John Filippo is going to open up this game. I My lock is the over on 44 points. Or is it 44 or 43 and a half? What is it on Bavada now? It is 43 and a half. Okay, right so now. over on 43 and a half in this game. I think the Jaguars are going to have a very interesting offensive game plan. I think they're going to throw it a lot more than people expect. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to win this game, but I think they're going to keep it close. Uh, they can get to Deshaun Watson. Uh, Fournette's my RB9 this week. Uh, I really don't want to start any Jaguars wide receiver just because I don't know who yeah, it's going to be. I think it's, it's be t- between Chark and Westbrook and Conley. And I, I, just, don't, I just don't know who's going to be the guy there. Uh, for the Texans, I'm still waiting to see him out on Carlos Hyde. I know a lot of people want to put him in a flex spot this week, and I understand why. But he's my RB47. He's not been a great player when he's touched the ball. I know he looked really good on Monday night, but I'm just not ready to see that yet. I still think Luke Johnson's the back you want there. Uh, New Hopkins has a – New Hopkins versus Jalen Ramsey is going to be awesome, but I don't know. Jalen Ramsey let two touchdowns in last week. Yes, he did. He let in three touchdowns like the whole season prior. Um, Nuke always gets his. Yeah. Nuke had a tough matchup on Monday night and killed Lattimore. Yeah. I still like Will Fuller as a flex play even against Boye in this game. I'm curious to see what the slot looks like. How many snaps does Kiki QT get? How many snaps does Kenny Stills get? Because those two are going to cannibalize each other more than they're going to cannibalize Fuller or Hopkins. That's the yeah. most interesting fantasy storyline to me is to watch and see what happens now that Kiki QT's back in the lineup. Uh, you both are have Jacksonville because Jake has 27-20. Yeah. You guys both have Jacksonville covering in this game. I'm going to stick with you guys as well. Houston wins the football game, but Jacksonville covers. And uh, you both have the over. If if Jake had taken the over there, he didn't he didn't know. But yeah, both- that's my locker. That's my second lock of the week. Is the right. over in this game? Second lock. Jacksonville's going to put up more points than people think. All right, moving right along here. Kansas City Chiefs going on the road to play the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the afternoon games. Kansas City is a seven and a half point favorite on the road in Oakland. Jake, what do you see happening here with Patrick Mahomes and company? I got the Chiefs 31-23, so I got them barely covering that. I'm not sure that I love it. I think this might be a little bit of a shootout. I loved what I saw from the Raiders on Monday night, but I'm not sure how much of that was emotion. Uh, rivalry game. Now, no Tyreek Hill. I think that really hurts what the Chiefs want to do, but I think the LaShawn McCoy signing is going to pay big dividends for these couple weeks while he's out, or these few weeks while he's out, this month while he's out. Um Waller, I think, is a must-play. If you, you got to pick him up, I think they're going to move him all over the field. I like Terrell Williams. I think Josh Jacobs has a big day against this Chiefs defense. I think it's a shootout for a little bit, but I think the Chiefs get it done. I think they cover that. Yeah, this is about as perfect of a line as I saw. Of like, that's right at the mount where I'm like, okay, I could make an argument on either side. I'm going to take Chiefs yeah. seven and a half here. I think this is going to be somewhere between a ten or fourteen max point game for them. 
Uh, it's it right, I should say. They're going to score more than 10 points in this game. Uh, Mahomes is my QB1. No, no information there. Damian Williams is my RB17. I continue to be higher on him than most of the industry. He's not dead just because LaShawn McCoy is there. Uh, McCoy is a good flex play this week. Sammy Watkins cracks my top 10 just because he's going to be an option there. The thing I'm really keep an eye on is everybody has decided that Mecole Hardman is going to be the guy now that Tyree kills out. He's just so unpolished as a football player. Mm-hmm. Look for DeAnthony Thomas. Like he was. Oh, I love it. The Mamba. Yeah. He was that first game. He knows the offense very well. Not that he's a polished receiver, but he's more polished than Mecole Hardman is. Andy Reid's already said that Demarcus Robinson's going to stay in his role and Mecole Hardman and DeAnthony Thomas are going to split time there. I think DeAnthony Thomas might be the receiver that you want there. I might pick him if you have an extra bench spot in a deep league with a lot of bench spots, or if you have like seven or eight of them, I might pick him up. This is a classic week in advance because I could see a scenario where DeAnthony Thomas is the number one fantasy pickup next week. So maybe get out in front of it if you have an open bench spot. Uh, for the Raiders, I love McCoy in a flex play this week. Yeah, as do I. He's a high-end flex play for me. Uh, and for the Raiders, Jacobs, solid RB2. Uh, Tyrell Williams, love him in the flex. I have him in a flex spot for me this week. Uh, Darren Waller's right now, he's my tight end 12 for the rest of the season, but he's tight end six for this week. Really like him in this matchup. Uh, and I think just keep, not going to start him, but kind of keep an eye on Jalen Richard because I think he will be used more in this game. And then if he is not, then I will feel comfortable dropping him for somebody else on the waiver wire. Yeah, there's a lot of good matchups this week. And I'm, uh, this one I think is going to be really fun to watch. I think Oakland will will keep up for the first half. And then, the like Jake said, I think Kansas City takes control early but it's or later on. Uh, Kansas City covers the spread here, but not by a ton, right? Uh, not by yeah, not by I'm, 20. They're not going to go below this team out. No. I think this is going to be a close game for, for most of the game. And then they end up winning, like Jamie, like Jamie said, between 10 and 14 points. That's, where, that's I where I feel comfortable. That's where I feel about comfortable. Let's talk about the next game that has no fantasy relevance whatsoever, but is actually going to be low-key one of the best games, football games of the weekend. Uh, the Chicago Bears going on the road to play the Denver Broncos. The Bears are three points favorites going on the road uh the Vic Fangio revenge game uh he left on his own accord so I laugh that people call it a revenge game uh listen he left the defensive coordinator job to become a head coach (laughs) revenge the number one defense in the NFL last year left to be a head coach where the hell is the revenge that's what I I I see that story and I laugh because I'm like there's no revenge he left to take a a promotion promotion. like and it's literally the dumbest storyline in the he finally got yeah, he finally, a promotion to be a head coach, which he's been deserving for a long time. Absolutely. Come on. And all you've heard all week long is Matt Nagy and the defense giving Vic so much credit. They love him. They respect him. They All, all those guys still talk to him. Uh, and if you haven't seen the quote where Vic Fangio describes what it was like to see Khalil Mack for the first time in person, do yourself a favor and go watch that clip because – he talks about how the fact that he was coaching in the NFC, so he didn't really watch Khalil Mack all that much. And then his description of just seeing Khalil Mack in person is absolutely very Vic and very funny. Uh, Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Uh, this is my second lock of the week. I'm going Bears 27-17. They cover an easy minus three. I think the Broncos offense is going to really, really struggle against this Bears defense. Uh, and I think the Bears' offense is going to simplify things a little bit, not out-coach them damn selves. And the one good thing about Trubisky, I said last week, that son of a gun has some of the best runs I've ever seen. I think he gets out of the pocket where he's more dangerous throwing on the run than in the pocket, uh, and he makes enough plays. I think the Bears easily, easily bounce back and win this game 27-17. Uh, Jamie? I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, I think the Broncos cover the spread here. 
Uh, I have no reason to believe the Bears offense is going to just suddenly bounce back. Uh, and I also, Invesco Field is whatever the hell they're calling it now, uh, is one of the hardest places to play. It's an actual real life home field advantage versus what a lot of these fake home field advantages that we talk about. I think it's a close game. Uh, I think there's really almost, you're not starting any, I mean, Montgomery and Cohen are flex spots. Allen Robinson's a low end wide receiver too. Everybody else you're not playing. Like I'm not playing Philip Lindsay, maybe as a flex, but even that I don't feel comfortable. You're not playing anybody else in this game. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the more brutal games to watch in terms of if you love offense, but I think it's going to be a really big defensive game. I'm going to go with the Broncos here. I think that they do just enough, and this is an extremely low-scoring game. Maybe the Bears sneak it out by a point, but I'm going to take the Broncos plus three at home. Uh, I love this matchup for the Bears defense, and although it's a tough place to play, Denver has one of the highest populations of Chicagoans, and it will be a 50-50 split inside that stadium. They've already said the the resale value on these tickets are ridiculous, so it will not be as loud for one side over the other. Um, and I and I think, listen, I don't I don't expect Jake. You're way more confident. I think this is like a 20 to 17 game. I think the Bears have to simplify what they do on offense. I can't imagine we're going to see what we saw last week. Um, and they had 10 days to prepare for this game. So I, I like I like them. I like it close, 2017, right on the line. If I had to pick one way, I got to pick my boys to cover the spread. Uh, all right, this is the real revenge game, okay? The, the Vic Fangio revenge game is made up. There is no revenge for somebody taking a promotion. The New Orleans Saints have revenge to have on the L.A. Rams because they they very clearly consider themselves the, the team that should have been in the Super Bowl, right? We have a whole new rule that is an absolute catastrophe yeah, in the oof. NFL. Because, Hell, Sean McVay even admitted it. Yeah, it's, it is it is horrible. It's horrendous, the rule that we've seen thus far. But the L.A. Rams and the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints are going on the road to play the L.A. Rams. The Rams are a two-point favorite at home. Real revenge in this one. Jake, what do you see happening in this matchup? You know, the Rams did not look good in the first half. Goff was rusty. Uh, they looked better in the second half. Gurley looked good. I went back and watched some of the late stuff. He looked really a lot better than I thought he did. He looked he didn't look good in the first half. He looked good late against that Carolina defense. Um, and they still put up 32 last week. Drew Brees is not the same away from home. He's better than Matt Ryan and, and, and Brothersberger away from home, but he's still not the same. I think everybody is in fantasy is in play this week from both teams. I'm going to go with the Rams 30 to 27. Okay. Yeah. I I think the Rams wouldn't cover Uh, just the saints aren't the same team away from the dome and away and playing outdoors. Uh, Breeze is my QB 12 this week. You're you're playing Camara, but he's the fourth of the big four this week for me at RB four. Latavius Murray is a low end flex play. Michael Thomas is a stud. He's my wide receiver three. Uh, This might be, this is the uh, Jared cook do or die game because if he, is invisible again. I think a lot of people are going to drop him. Other side, I like off QB nine, girly uh, RB 14. Pump the brakes a little bit on Malcolm Brown. He's a low end at best flex play this week. He's not going to get two touchdowns every week. And if he doesn't, I, I think people are going to see a little bit more correcting. I imagine Daryl Henderson is going to be a little bit more involved in this game. Uh, but you're starting all three of the receivers. I actually have Woods over Cook this week. Uh, Woods at wide receiver 12, Cook's at 14. Cooper Cup at wide receiver twenty one. Give Cooper Cup a ton of credit. That yeah. that that dude looks awesome coming off of that injury. Yes, he does. Every, yeah, fantasy points galore in this game. Uh, but I think the Rams cover. Just the Saints are they're they're two even teams, but I think the Saints just don't look like themselves away from home. Okay, they got to figure out their offensive identity, which we've talked about for a couple weeks now. Who is that wide receiver too? How much is Cook involved? Is Kamara going to be McCaffrey, and that's all they really have other than Thomas? 
they didn't show me that Monday night. They they got to they got to figure that out. Uh, the Saints were really lucky. They really should not have won that football game. Uh, they, they with a couple of big breaks and obviously the big field goal there at the end for Will Lutz to win that game. Uh, you know, I if they're at home, I would buy into this game a lot more from a revenge standpoint. But going to the West Coast, playing in LA, uh, I, I'm with you guys. I think the LA Rams take care of business. All right, the Sunday night football game, the Philadelphia Eagles going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. Philadelphia is a two-point favorite going to Atlanta. Atlanta, one of the teams that a lot of people expected this team to be better than they were last year, myself included. For the second year. For the second year in a row, they looked horrendous to start the season in, in, in Minneapolis last week. Back home, they always play better at home. Uh, Jake, what do you see happening in this one? I'm not as bad on the Falcons as a lot of people. That was a really tough matchup against a really good team on the road, but they couldn't stop the run to save their life. Philly's going to want to throw it. Matt Ryan, I love his matchup this week. Case Keenum threw for 380 last week on this Philly defense. Um, I think Julio gets back in it and eats. Calvin Ridley had a sneaky good game last week. Uh, I think the Eagles have enough to get it done, 30-27, to 27, and I think it's going to be a high-flying shootout, hell of a fun game to watch on Sunday night. It should be really fun. I have the Eagles covering in this game. Quarterbacks galore, as Jake talked about. I have Wentz, my QB4, Ryan's my QB5. I mean, there's just going to be plenty to go around here. But the big question marks in this – look, you're starting Julio Jones. You're starting Alshon Jeffrey. I think Deshaun Jackson's a, a high-end flex play. Ridley's a wide receiver too. Sanu, if you're desperate like me, and I have Mike Williams who's probably not going to play. Okay, we got that out of the way. The things we need to talk about the running back situations here for both yes, teams. Yes, very so, much so. Devontae Freeman here, he's my he's my running back 24 this week, which is not where I expected to put him for week two. I need to see him be better and him be used more in this offense. If he's splitting 50-50 or 55-45 with Edo Smith again, I'm going to be concerned. For the Eagles, I want to see how they do their split because Miles Sanders had a lot of – had a highest percentage of snaps, but wasn't terribly productive. I know he had that one touchdown that was called back. But they're going to use Darren Sproles a lot, I think, especially in this passing game when they're going to throw it a lot, that Darren Sproles is going to be in the game. How are Sanders used? How are Sproles used? What's Howard role? So to me, from a fantasy-relevant spot, it's all about the running backs in this game and how they are used because our opinions on what all of these backfields are going to look like next week are going to be dramatically different after this game. Yeah, a lot of people freaking out about the Edo Smith, Devontae Freeman, for good reason. If that continues, and obviously the, the Dirk Cutter uh, coaching staff, that has a lot of impact there. And it and if it continues, it could be something that is a big issue if you are a Devontae Freeman owner. Uh, I think, listen, I Atlanta's got to show me something more. I, I Philadelphia wins this football game, but Atlanta's one of those teams that you guys know, if, you don't, if, if you're not aware of the 0-2 start curse, you should go read what, what, what Trevor Sycamore wrote on the draftnetwork.com because if you start off 0-2, the, the trajectory for your NFL season is not very good if you look at what, what past teams have done being 0-2. So if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, you got to hope that they take care of business and do not start the season 0-2. All right, guys, uh, any parting thoughts on today's podcast? We had a lot of great matchups in week two. There's like nearly every game that I want. There's a storyline that I can buy into. And the, probably the game I care least about is the one we didn't talk about, the Monday Night Football game. Uh, and we'll get to that, uh, obviously, on Monday's podcast. But all, a lot of matchups, a lot of fun to be had, and hopefully some teams looking a little bit more like themselves in week two. Jake, anything you want to get to? Yeah, like I'm not sure if it's harder to pick week one or week two anymore. Um, I feel pretty good about these. I, I think we learned 
enough about a lot of these teams in week one, but week one, two, and three is almost like the extended preseason anymore. I, I think it's going to be tough, but I think we're going to learn a hell of a lot more about these teams watching them play week two. Uh, some of the rush should be knocked off. We should see some uh, exciting, fun plays. You know, we, there were some in week one, but I think you're going to see a bunch more home runs. Some of those really fun plays to watch. Some of those top ten Sports Center moments. Uh, I'm excited about that because I think a lot of the rust is going to be off. I think it's going to be more fun to watch this week, and hopefully, damn officiating is better. It was awful again last well, night. What a great start on Thursday night football! Because my God, there is a video of the spot, and it is- at least there's proof to my ranting they now. Need to be this conspiracy video. They showed it on the air. I know, and the announcers were laughing as it was happening. It horrendous. That was a very, very bad. Jake uh, was not laughing. Jake was not. Jake had. Jake. Had- Jake was not laughing. Yeah, Jake had many words that we will not say on this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie? My parting thoughts is that this is going to be the week where you start to pay attention to some of those guys that you didn't want to overreact to last week. The Geronimo Allison's of the world. The Deion Lewis's of the world. The Daryl Henderson's of the world. I hope you didn't overreact and just drop these guys out of spite. And you're going and seeing, okay, how are they using this offense more? And what do we have a bigger sample size with? And now can I evaluate them? A lot like what I just talked about in the Thursday night game with Curtis Samuel. Um, you, you can't freak out when you have a one-game sample size. So those guys that you were drafting in the eighth and ninth round that you were dropping after one week, not because of injury, it's a massive overreaction. So relax if you're Geronimo Allison or even if you don't play him this week. You say, hey, I'm not going to play Geronimo Allison. I'm not going to play Corey Davis. That's, that's fine. And I think it's probably advisable. But don't drop them yet. See how they're used and then make a decision. You need some more time before you just hate drop these guys for like Terry McLaren who I don't expect to have much of a fantasy impact for the rest of the year. No, uh, I have Geronimo Allison, and I, I'm in that kind of wait-and-see mode with him where he will be sitting on my bench, but I, mostly because they're playing the Minnesota Vikings, and I, I think it's a tough matchup for them overall. Um, but don't overreact. Slot's the best spot, though, because yep. I, I just – it's, we'll McK- it's, McKenzie, it's McKenzie Alexander, and, it'll, you know. It'll be a, it'll be a wait-and-see <laughs> mode because the reality is we got to pay attention to some last-minute injuries, whether or not Mike Williams is going to play. There's some There's some injuries to pay attention to. Uh, which leads me to my parting thoughts, which is on Sunday morning, join us. We're going to be on, whether it's on Periscope, we will be on Twitter um, taking questions, start and sit, uh, any last-minute injury updates, that kind of stuff. So be sure to follow uh, our accounts. That way you can see everything that's happening. So if you follow at TDN Fantasy underscore, uh, you'll be able to see all of those updates. Uh, Jamie was taking questions this week, so make sure you're following everybody so you can get those questions in because I get a lot – uh, that are sent to my DMs, and I never get to those. So just tweet them at me. I, I see those. Uh, same for everybody uh, here. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter, Jake Arians on Instagram. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jay Eisner FFB on uh, Instagram. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You guys can follow this show, like I said, at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. You should follow the Draft Network as well at Draft Network LLC on Twitter and at the Draft Network on Instagram. And check out all of our content on the draftnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.